Hey everybody, welcome to episode 7 of Dark Pages Podcast. I'm your host, Gord. And I'm Justin, the chosen undead. Three Sons Fortress, and we got to the top, and some weird bat thing picked us up. I think I call them brain demons. Brain demons. That's what they look like, right? Uh, like they've they've got big brain heads. Yeah. This is this is a, another double double zone episode. Yeah. We've got Arlanda, which is ostensibly the goal. Like you, this is the last zone of the game in in what the game has told you. But as it turns out, that's a lie. This is this is the halfway point. And you're just... I you, you get there and you just get to this, like, shining golden city you can look out over. And I feel like this is really deceptive because 97% of that city doesn't actually exist as a place you could explore. Which is very unusual for this game, right? Like, almost always if you see something, you can go to that thing. But they they definitely did away with that, I think, just for the the majesty of the moment and uh you know that's that's a major theme of this place is that it is largely an illusion they want you to think it's like a good vacation home it seems like it's a pretty good place for for a vacation home except everyone who lived here uh did their best to get out it's also a place with relatively few enemies Mm -hmm. at least until you get up into the cathedral area like there are these giant armor knights but they're very easy to just walk past without aggroing them or even running yeah just just sort of stroll past them they're uh i think that they're more you can fight them there's there's not a lot of reason but i think they're more uh just for again like the the aesthetic than the design (laughs) the best part is where you fight two of them in what's probably a prolonged battle to fight your way to a mimic chest yeah this, this I think, also right. Like once you get past these, uh, these once you once you casually stroll past these armors, waving to them as you go, and they say "sup" in their deep, <laughs> their deep metal voice, you get to what I think is the hardest puzzle in the game. Noticing that this one area of the background skybox is actually a place you can go to. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to figure this out? You know, I think I had summoned somebody, okay. and then I was like, "I'm going over here." Oh, all right. I'm going to fall off this platform and die. Oh. All right. But I definitely spent a couple of minutes. Uh, I guess you fight the uh, the gargoyle. Um, and yeah. Then... You can. Because, like, you know, it, this is the way you're supposed to go. It's pretty clear. Uh, but you fight a thing. And then you realize you can't go anywhere. Uh, and then you read some soapstone messages. And you drop down and there's a chest. And you double back. and But yeah, you're right. That thing does not at all read as something that you can walk on. Once you do, 
you get to like the the catwalk section of this level. But I, so so I think that that is that is like the ultimate pay attention to your environment test, right? <laughs> this game is never gonna is never gonna test you that way again in the same way. I think that this is like the final exam. Notice this yep. incredibly innocuous thing, and then you get, so you, so you do, and you get to the the first of several cathedrals. <laughs> These places, I mean, I guess it's the city of the gods, right? So they they love their uh, their warship, their ship of war, and you gotta you gotta slowly make your way across this very very narrow series of platforms where dudes will just run at you and try to fight you on it. Did you? It's it's just some nonsense. It's just some platforming nonsense. Yeah, I didn't think that this was that bad. You could either you can either shoot them with with whatever ranged attack you have, or you can just block. <laughs> just like hold up your shield, and if you if you have a good shield, they will oftentimes recoil. Like they'll hit your shield and bounce back and fall off. <laughs> so the way, the way that I uh, often did that was by just pegging them with an arrow uh, to put them into their. Uh, their recoil animation, which would make them fall off. Either way, really easy to just make them fall off. Yeah, which is the uh, the, the the primary and maybe only challenge here, other than the uh, the monsters. Uh, unlike Sense Fortress, where you could fall and survive and walk it off, uh, you're gonna if if you slip up here, you're gonna fall into some hard marble and instantly die, probably regardless of your health. Well. It, it, it's always regardless of your health because fall damage is always a, a percent not a mm. it doesn't matter how much health you have but it, it fall damage is is determined by your equip weight like if you're weight, if you're wearing heavier armor you take more fall damage which makes mm-hmm. sense and also if you have the like cat ring equipped but there Still is a fun. there is a certain there are certain falls that are hard coded to kill you and I think that this is one of them like it's just past the past the point where even if uh, you could fall this this far in another level in another area of the game, this one is designed to kill you no matter what. Is there just a, a kill box? Yeah, I believe so. I think you fall through a kill box because mm-hmm. the floor itself is not a kill box. You go there later. Yeah. This is a really also this is just a really short zone. This is there's not a lot to this place. It is very much a straight line that you you occasionally make a little loop outside of the straight line because there's like a locked door, but or a painting. Yeah. So, but the yeah. The, so you you do that. You you set up a shortcut on the other side. Once you get across these catwalks, you rotate a giant uh, elevator thing. And this is where I want to I want to apologize for what I said last episode, where I said that you never influence the environment in a regularly <laughs> changeable way. One of these is 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 just based as a shortcut. There is one in this level where you actually do use it as an elevator up and down. Uh, I'm not sure it's quite the same because there are lots of elevators in this game, and this is just a really fancy one. But it's a thing that you're doing in the environment instead of just like a, a automatic thing. It's uh, this puzzle reminded me a, a whole lot of Mist. I I don't know if there's a specific puzzle that is like this, but it it read a lot as a a mist puzzle where it's, you've got the uh it's because of the giant gears yeah probably uh you, you've got a platform that rotates snapping to 90 degree increments uh which gets you from point a to point b but also if you are paying attention you can rotate it a specific way and then walk down these stairs to walk out a lower platform 
to get to a secret area. Uh, the you mean where the painting is? Uh, no, to get to uh, the, the the Gwendolyn fight. Can I can I digress a little bit? You said that you had a summon here, right? When mm-hmm. you were going through, uh, and then you just jumped off and died. No, he just jumped off and died. Okay, he just jumped off and died. Uh, I I did the opposite when I was playing through this area uh, as for the Dark Souls three recap, where I summoned <laughs> I summoned uh, a, I think it was a purple a purple friend, and uh, I I took him to this giant rotating tower, and I showed him there's an invisible bridge in Dark Souls three that does not exist in this game that leads to a covenant, and I, I showed mm-hmm. him that, and I he was like oh cool, and then I took him to another, like one of the, cause it's got four, four sides to it. Right. And one of them, leads to, <laughs> and I took him to another side and pointed out using the, the gesture and he just ran right off. <laughs> I was like, good, good, good. I'm really, I'm really glad that I was able to get that guy to do that. Anyway. So this Dark Souls one, let's talk about this painting. Yeah. So the, so the, the painting is, you is in the same cathedral that the catwalks are in. Uh, and if you touch it, it takes you to a completely different zone. Only if you've done something that you have absolutely no reason to do or even think of doing. Yeah, this is very much an Easter egg zone. There's no reason for you to ever go here. Uh, it's just a cool secret. Unless you want a super sweet scythe. Unless you want to meet the best character in the game. The coolest, most cuddliest, fluffiest furball. Yep. Yeah, so that's so, but the but you have to fight your way through a bunch of these unique enemies. They don't appear anywhere else in the game. They're like white ninjas and i don't mean like they're white people i mean they they wear white they're clad from head to toe in white robes if you read their uh description their equipment descriptions they tell you that uh these are the painted world guardians yeah they're they are all guarding this enormous painting of a thing yeah are they guarding the painted world or are they guardians of the painted world well, they're called painting guardians, right? So I think that they're guarding the painting specifically. Whether it's to keep anyone from going in or to keep anything from getting out is not clear. But they are they oh, yeah. they painting are guardian. Yeah. So they they there are a lot of them. And you just gotta kinda cut your way through them or maybe sneak around them, but I've never been able to successfully do that. Hmm. So yeah, but once once you've once you've dealt with this sort of detour you get up to the cathedral only to find the gates are locked and you got to go all the way around to the back and uh here is everyone's favorite place probably even i think as far as heightened emotions go people feel more strongly about the two archers than say all of blight town maybe i so blight town's more of a slow burn mm, i got past these guys on my first try ever i don't believe you (laughs) I, I did. I did. I just ran up the thing mm-hmm. and raised my shield and he fired an arrow at it and it doesn't, didn't, you know, I was already up there. So it, it knocks me back, but like, I'm already, you know, it knocks me back, but it's just ground behind me because it's a, it's a straight line when you're facing him. And then I fired, I think a, a soul arrow at him and he died and I walked, they kept going. And the other one? The other one, you can position yourself so it can't shoot you while you're up on the thing. Uh, they, like... It's a straight line, though. If you're nope, there facing are, one of them, the other one is... There are there are uh, little, like, out... Like, uh... Crenellations. Yeah, that you can you can stick yourself in. That's what I did. And I didn't even know that these were... These were a thing that anyone was afraid of until... 
until I went online and read the internet afterwards. <laughs> yeah, and this you're also you. Uh, these guys can shoot you even before you start like approaching them, while you, because you fight some of these suddenly hostile brain demons <laughs> down down uh, in a room before their approach. So they're they're definitely meant to harry you, but yep. uh, I think sorcery is just broken. Like sorcery makes this game easy up to it, including these guys. Mm-hmm. And once you get inside, you you get a bonfire right after them. It's very very kind. Uh, and Solaire is there, so that's cool. He's he's yeah. sitting on the ground. He's like, "Hey, buddy," <laughs> flirting with you. Yeah. And then so and the rest of this is just like making your way slowly through some dude's house almost like it's a lot of bedrooms and and store like storage closets yep paintings of uh guinevere paintings of the owner's daughter i mean you don't have pictures of your kids around your house uh, not painted like that no i mean you're not as you're not a god right if you were <laughs> if you were living on olympus you probably would mm, i think the idea anyway is that that room is her room Maybe. And this introduces you to a character that you will see later. Uh, there's there's a, a bit, there's a little bit where uh, you can, there is, there's a puzzle where there are two spiraling flights of stairs. And so uh, it matters what floor you get onto them because either you're on the one flight or the other and they both go in different, uh, go to different places. Mm-hmm. There's also a hidden doorway in the back of a fireplace. Where you can go uh, hang out in Havel the Rock's weightlifting room. Yeah. Find uh, find his gear there. Yeah. I don't know that either, either of these things are things that teach you anything, but they're they're just things you've got to work at until you get through them. This is... It feels like it's not designed to teach you anything just so much as to be a combat gauntlet. Because you just fight Silver yeah. Knight. So, like, I said that, that you don't fight a lot of things in this in this zone and that's definitely true overall like in terms of the the enemy to geography ratio it's yeah, the highest very low right here yeah but there are a lot of a lot of knights in this building specifically and so you just fight through archers and swords swordsmen and archers and swordsmen and they just they just and keep invaders. coming yeah uh maybe invaders but not yet likely there is a uh, there's a titanite demon fight in the closest quarters so far, uh, it's a it's a room where half of the room is occupied entirely by the Titanite demon. There's no reason to fight that guy. No, you can uh, you can just poke in, hit him, and then run before he's had time to wind up. Yeah, I just I have never found that fight worth doing. What do you even get? You get like there's a chest with like a. a some moss or something in it. Yeah, it's it's really not just, and it's not even that it's hard. It just is an investment of time that I've never found is uh, particularly worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do you do do loop all the way around, and there are some NPCs. Uh, the Onion Knight has has made his way here. <laughs> uh, you help him through a combat gauntlet. Uh, there's a blacksmith. But really, all you're doing is basically a larger version of what you did the, uh, when sneaking through the first cathedral. To You're opening a shortcut to make this straightaway a true straightaway. And this time, yep. the shortcut is the front door of the cathedral. And then you fight a boss. And then it's over, right? Like, this is a very... straight. Well, it's one boss that is comprised of two, <laughs> two fellas. I think, uh, 
as far as combat goes, this is the most challenging point in the game. Ha. Huh. I like, found Blight Town significantly more challenging. Blight Town Blight Town you can sneak through. Like there's the environment. Going in through the front of Blight Town, I yeah. found significantly more challenging. But like once you get a handle on, you know, where the the blow gunners are. It's still I I don't know. I still don't like them. I at this point also, for me specifically, I was at the point of my build where I could kill anything in one spell. Uh, I bet you that was not true for these guys. These guys. Who are who are these guys? Uh, Ornstein and Smile. Oh. Uh no, you didn't you can't kill bosses. I think it took but I was doing like a quarter of their health <laughs> with a single soul arrow. Like I beat these guys on my first try too. What's your uh, what's your favorite nickname for these guys? Uh, the the law firm. <laughs> Mine is uh, Pikachu and Squirtle. Uh, Pikachu and Snarl. Or Pikachu and Snarlax. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so what uh, what is interesting about this fight? Uh it's just a it, that it matters what order you kill them in, I guess. But it's just yeah, like yeah. a big open room. There are columns, but they'll just knock them over, so they're mostly just environmental. Like they're 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 ornamental, not not significant for the actual fight. I mean, if you see Smau winding up, you want to get behind one of these so that he hits the pillar instead of you. Do he and just got a limited number of those? Does he just go through it as if it's not there? Like he he continues moving. He doesn't stop hmm. when he hits it. I'll have to try that. I th- I, th- I, th- I thought that they were purely cosmetic. That might just be a an impression thing, but they might he stops the pillar. Ornstein right. uses uh, projectiles, doesn't he? Or not? Yes. I don't. Yeah, these block uh, that. I think maybe he doesn't. You can tell no, how he, much. He shoots can, like a, a lightning. That's what I thought. You can you can tell how much time I spent fighting these guys uh, by how clearly I don't remember them. <laughs> every every day, somebody in uh, the Dark Souls subreddit says, "I did it." Guys, I did it! And everyone jumps in and says, Congratulations, you beat Ornstein with Snow. I think that these guys are often considered to be, like, the high point for this game's difficulty. Like, in terms of what the hardest thing in the game is, this fight is, is for a lot of people, it. Uh, that was not the case for me. I thought Black Dragon Calamy was significantly harder, and I guess that's DLC, hmm. so it doesn't count in the same way. But these guys were definitely not... Uh, I also had way more I, trouble I, with, like... The, I think that... Maybe Calamite is more difficult than Bed of Chaos. The Law Firm, but oh, Bed of Chaos. We don't even talk about Bed of Chaos. Yeah, can we skip that part in that uh, episode? Can we just? I mean, we're not really doing an episode on that, right? <laughs> like, like that's a, a zone of giant open lava fields. There's no nothing to talk about there in the same way. So, like, I don't think that the the jump in difficulty is as stark between the most difficult thing before Ornstein and Smau and Ornstein and Smau versus. Ornstein and Smau and Calvi. Huh. Like, I think by the time you're what about, Calvi, you you're guaranteed to have gotten through everything in the game. What about Manus? Do you feel that Manus is, is the same way? No, Manus is... Manus was fun. I beat him before walking through his five games with arrows. <laughs> which I, I guess was fun. No, I, if you haven't, you've got to go down there and, and give that fight a I, I have. Fun. It's not friendly for sorcery. I mean, it's doable, no, it's but... Not. Your cast times are... Oh, you really... never play co-op, do you? No. Oh, that's the problem. That is a really fun co-op fight. The only fight that I co-opt with in this entire game is... I mean, I, I summoned NPCs if it was, like, thematically interesting. Like, I summoned Solaire oh, for a, a lot. But in terms of actual multiplayer, I did no co-op except for on Calamite because I just didn't have the damage to beat him. 
mm-hmm. as a as a sorcerer, as a pure sorcerer, because his magic resistance was too high. But with with literally even one other player around to distract him, I was able to, we, we took him down super fast. Yep. Um, so we we've really digressed, and I think that's just because there's not a lot here. We haven't talked about the secret. I mean, you mentioned that there was a secret area where you fight Gwendolyn, but it's just another straightaway. This is this is a a hallway of a level. Yeah. Well, hang on. Let's uh let's talk about how the entire environment changes. Yeah. So that's the thing about this is that it's like technically one point five zones, right? The geometry yeah. of the level doesn't change, but if you if you do one of several things to make uh, Gwendolyn mad at you, he will destroy the illusion, and it will get actually dark. All of the enemies that oppressive. were yeah, all of the enemies that were here, like the Silver Knights and stuff, will vanish and be replaced with Dark Moon Blade enemies. And, and uh, there's there's a special covenant where uh, other players who have joined this covenant will be automatically summoned to come and mess with you with no warning. Normally, there's a, a big warning on the screen that says, "Hey, you've been invaded," but uh, these guys yeah can sneak around that. And I think that. This is why it's just a bunch of open areas and straightaways is because it's so, it, like, they expect you to be doing a lot of fighting. Much like the Forest Hunters Covenant, the forest has trees in it, but it is just a big field. Mm-hmm. And I think that they don't, that they, I guess you could lead them on a chase through the through the cathedral, but I don't think that that's what happens. I think if, so, if you're somebody who's going to do something to darken this, you're somebody who's looking for a fight and not a, like, an annoying kite through a bunch of rooms. You'll probably die anyway because the the <laughs> enemies will will gang up on you, and I think that that's just why they did. This is a PvP zone. Yeah, it's a way cooler one than the forest, but this is a PvP zone anyway. I do like how long Gwendolyn or Guinevere's uh, not Gwendolyn. I was right the first time. I like how long his hallway is. Mm-hmm. I like how you can actually reach the end of it in the middle of the fight. <laughs> Uh, I liked coming back here in Dark Souls 3 and sacrificing my wife. Uh, that was good. I ate her humanity and became a lord. I think I think I just delayed that side quest and never pushed forward. Uh, no, you did. You did the whole thing. I remember mm. you, you did it. Um, What's the alternate route? There are, what, four endings in Dark Souls 3? So, mm. uh, what I what, What's cool is if you did that side quest in Dark Souls 3... Uh, they acknowledge it in the DLC. They, like, greet you as the Lord of Hollows and, and have alternate dialogue for it. Oh, nice. Yeah, the world is actually persistent and recognizes your actions in a way that never, ever happens in any of these games and never happens ever again outside of that DLC. It's just a really satisfying moment. Hey, game designers, when the when the game reacts to actions the players take... That is super satisfying. Yeah, and I guess, like, you do a thing and Orlando reacts, but... It's not like you go back to Firelink and Patches is like, I bloke, uh, the city of the gods called Doc. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I'm a trustworthy sort of fellow. <laughs> I mean, that's that that never happens. Uh, I wish it did. That would be real. I mean, it would be really, really funny if Patches were only the were the only one to ever notice these things because he's a crazy dimensional hopping monster, but. Alas. Yep. So the real, the real like, thing to talk about in this zone is the painted world. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a, a zone to, to has, that has some design in it, right? 
it's still mostly uh, straight away with a couple of digressions. It's very small. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a large zone. I mean, it is it is mostly a large open zone, but it's just many many locked doors and barriers in your way to getting to the end. Yeah, and it has um uh a, some some digressions that you go down like a well that is very very mm-hmm. tight corridors with bone wheels. Yeah, there are a lot of that want to meet in very narrow corridors. There are many enemies in this place that are unique to this zone. Bone wheels are not unique, but they are they are almost unique. Like they're found one other place. But there are the, there's the phalanx type enemy here. Mm-hmm. There are the the Velka crows. The, there the are the dragon butt. Yeah, the, well there's one more of that. There's there's another one elsewhere. Yeah. Isn't it? But, and, and then there's a whole bunch of them standing up. Yeah, there for some reason. There is uh the there are like the, the poison toxic hollows, right? And then it's there's just a boss a, who's not a boss unless you want her to be. Yeah. But, well that's oh, no, that's also true of, of Gwendolyn. Yep. He is not hostile unless you make him hostile. Although he is much easier to make angry. <laughs> uh you can you can do a lot of things to, to tick him off. Priscilla, the best character. Uh, will not attack you ever unless you attack her first. Mm-hmm. So you get in there and she says, ah, "Are you lost? Look, yeah, like, I'm gonna get home. All you have to do is hurl yourself off of this cliff to certain death." She's not lying. Nope. She's not a lion. She's more of like but, a uh, <laughs> cotton ball. I think this is sort of playing into the whole griefing aspect, where people will very commonly put messages down telling people to jump off. Try try jumping. Yeah. So this this boss is interesting though in that it does actually use the environment. This is the only area in the game with snow, and mm. because she is invisible, you can see where she's walking in the snow. I don't know if that counts as level design or environment design. Probably environment design, but it's just a really cool thing that takes what is a like mostly cosmetic not really high level thing of import and turns it into a mechanic for a fight mm-hmm. i really like it yep I, I i suspect that that was actually part of the boss design so what's interesting about this zone is that it was not designed for priscilla right it was designed for nito like the painted Sorry, world the painted world was originally one of the first areas that they made for the game and Gravelord nito was supposed to be fought here And they realized as they were making it that this zone didn't fit, which is why it's just, it's so completely different from everything else in the game. And they didn't want to throw it out, so they just made it into a a pocket dimension. Hmm. There are a couple other, uh, couple other things here. You can get the, the Xanthus gear. If you fight off an invader, uh, Xanthus King Jeremiah. It's just a, it's just a Demon Souls reference. There's an Ember. There are some keys. There are there's a pyromancy. Acid search pyromancy is here. Um, Vow of silence miracle is here. There's a lot of oh, the dark ember is here. The dark ember. Yeah, it seems like this zone's design almost parallels at Orlando in a way, right? Because it is a like a big open area with a bunch of locked doors, and then a long straightaway. Mm-hmm. And at the end is a boss that you don't even need to fight really. So that, so I think that neither of these zones are particularly compelling in a vacuum 
but together I think that they they're sort of like uh, mirrors of each other in the way that you move through them and they're very aesthetically different but I think if you like look at the wireframe of the level what you're doing is pretty similar in both of them well I mean how is that different from say Undead Berg you start here your goal is here and there are some digressions because in the Undead Berg you're not I guess there's like Upper Berg and Lower Berg but you're not in the same way, moving through a bunch of buildings to slowly unlock doors to form a straightaway. The Undead Bird is just, like, you can not go through any of those houses. It gets, you could just follow the road to the end, right? And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's So, like, you, you get to the cathedral, you could open... The, like, opening the cathedral, I guess in the, the parish, there's there's going into some buildings and doing stuff. But it's it's not the primary thing that you're doing throughout the environment. It's not, and I, like, you could say, like, oh, well, that's just, like, the skin, right? Like, this is an urban environment. But it doesn't feel like a navigation puzzle in those zones, the way that Adorlando and the Painted World feels like the, they're primarily articulating navigation puzzles. I don't know. Th- those feel much more combat-heavy. Like, mm-hmm. the, the focus of the, of the Berg is, like, fighting a bunch of hollows and getting your feet with... Um, uh, under you for the combat system so they just throw a bunch of weak enemies at you which is why at orlando has very, relatively few enemies right like it's not about mastering the combat of the zone it's about figuring out how to traverse the space on a very fundamental level because the space is not a challenge to traverse in a lot of zones so i suppose what you could say is that sense fortress is sort of your transition point. yeah uh, after which it's less about teaching the player and more about uh leading the player right and i think that that's like narratively true as well right because the sense fortress was like the final test to enter the city of the gods like that's why it's full of traps it's not like anyone actually lived there it is set up to be a final exam for your character diegetically after that point you are instead of being sort of tricked and lured you the player get to choose your own fate from that point forward yep it's like go do go to these go to these different things do this thing Come back and uh, fix the so that the world could be mended, or or don't <laughs> realize that that's a facade and go the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. So what what zone are we talking about now that we have our, our pick? I think there's only really like one that we want to talk about, right? Since since we have this wide open choice, but there are only like one or two that we really want to talk about, right? We'll prob we'll do Dukes, and then we'll do probably like an episode where we just do a, a type five on like Tomb of the Giants, Stephen Ruins, Isolith. Hollow yeah. Ash Lake, every, every, every uh, other zone. Can we talk for a moment about how Anorlando opens up travel? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you get teleportation, finally. Yeah, which is super nice. And uh, in every other Dark Souls game, you just start the game with this ability. That makes sense in Dark Souls 2. Yeah. Because of the way out of the world. But this is, I think, it feels like the biggest reward that you've earned. Yes, it feels like a huge reward. And I think that in Dark Souls 2 and 3, you never need to go through a zone more than exactly the one time to get through it and unlock the... Except for... Um, no, that's not it's not 100% true. You go through... Uh, yeah, there, there are a couple other times that you need to... The road of whatever the, in Dark Souls 3 more than once to go to the cathedral or to the catacombs. Sure, but you're just dipping back into them. Well, they just, like, it's a branch, right? Like, um, Irithyll goes to Irithyll Dungeon or to Anorlando. Right. Whereas in Dark Souls 1, 
you've been through the undead birds so many times that you've come to come to a level of mastery of it. And I think that that's is true really more familiar. for you because you've played through it a bunch. You don't ever go through most of the bird again. Even so, like, even on your first playthrough, you go through a single zone so many more times than you do in Dark Souls 2 when you can just immediately skip to... I'm not sure it's meaningful traversal, is what I'm saying. Like, y- mm. yes, I guess you you technically move through the burg f- to get back to the cathedral to take an elevator or whatever, but you're just using a bunch of shortcuts. Right, because you've opened all these shortcuts, you're not meaningfully traversing the space in the way that you did the first time. You're just taking a bunch of mostly combatless, very fast points. I don't think that you're... I think that you do gain, like, the same mastery over the space in the later Dark Souls games. You just don't physically pop back through them for 10 seconds on your way to a place because you just fast travel all the time. And mm. I think that, that what that means is it's not mechanically different. I think it it just means that you don't build up an emotional relationship with the place as a, as a world, like a continuous world. And I think that's much more emotional than design. Sure. But... I think that's significant. Right. No, I, I'm not I'm not dismissing it in any way. The other big travel change is that uh, those four golden light walls are down. It's yeah. possible for you to have seen... Mm, it's probable for you to have seen maybe yeah. two or three of those. There are only three. Duke's Archives. Yeah. Um, two of the Giants. Two of the Giants. Mm-hmm. Third thing. Lost Isolith. Yeah. That's it. Because you can beat... The four kings before doing this, so there's no wall for them. Uh-huh. You almost certainly will not have seen the one in Tomb of the Giants or Isolith. You will probably have seen the one in Dukes, just because Dukes branches off of at Orlando very early, and it's you know you got a fifty-fifty shot which hallway you walk down, but you'll immediately hit that wall. Like you'll so so the odds of you having seen it are pretty high. You probably won't have seen. I mean, if you see the one in Tomb of the Giants, that's the worst. Like, having to climb all the way back up there, I'm sorry. Without the uh, vessel, the lower yep. vessel. Yep. Boy. So that is something that fundamentally changes those zones in that it makes them... Accessible. <laughs> it makes it makes the new zones accessible. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess that's the end of this of this episode, then. Yeah. We'll, we'll uh, come so back with Dukes. Hitting next time. Dukes. Dukes for sure, right? Dukes that, for sure. It's, it's an episode. So we've got that. We've got our, our wrap-up episode. And we, then we have a, a special episode after the, we're done with the Zones where we're going to have a special guest come on and talk to us about the musical design of the Souls series. Ooh. So we're allowed to officially announce that at this point. So nice. that, that episode will be coming uh, as, you know, it'll be the last episode. It'll be our season finale, The Music of Souls. Uh, Good stuff. Yeah. So thanks thanks for listening to our, our tight 30 on tight... At Orlando. Tight Danite Demon source of. There we go. Yes, and. (laughs) Neither of us wants to see you go hollow.